On this episode of Black Women Voices, we are discussing dating chronicles in higher education. Our guest today includes Dr. Jamila Lee Johnson and Chelsea Fox. Jamila is currently an Inclusive Excellence Fellow at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. She recently graduated with her PhD in Educational Leadership from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Jamila is also a proud member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Midwest-born and raised but Southern by education, Chelsea is a native of East St. Louis, Illinois, but a lover of all things New Orleans. She is a definite force to be reckoned with and enjoys her makeup and mimosas. Her professional experience in higher education includes three years as a resident director and an internship experience in multicultural affairs and academic programs. She is currently a student in the School of Professional Studies where she is obtaining her Certificate of Project Management. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We are in season two, ladies, episode two. Mm-hmm. And, and we are talking about dating chronicles in higher education. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or lack thereof. Where? So this is Dr. K, and I'm here with my lovely co-host. Go ahead, shout yourselves out. And here, Valerie J. And Jasmine. All right, all right. And we have some special guests with us today to dive into this conversation about dating and higher ed. We have Miss Jamila. Hey, what's up, everybody? And we have Miss Chelsea. Hey, y'all. Hey. All right. So, y'all ready to get into this conversation? Let's go. Okay. So, dating and higher ed. Does it exist? (laughs) People get married, apparently, so. First, define it. I, I I feel like we need to have some definition of what it means because I think people be out here thinking they're dating and they're mm. probably just mating. I think it's subjective or a situationship. Ooh, now you know what we got to define. And that's that. why it's subjective. I think it's relatively subjective. That's why it's hard to define. It's like mm, you know, to each his own. Um, so are we talking about dating within higher education within both people or parties work in higher education or just mm-hmm. dating when you work in higher education? Will we So let's break it down. So let's okay, start break it down. Dating. So let's go back. <clears throat> let's break down some definitions. So I was on Instagram a couple of months ago, right? And there's this meme that was talking about some differences in terms. And it said talking then there's dating, then there's dating exclusively, and then there's a relationship. Mm. So talking, the mean was like, you know, we've exchanged numbers, we do things on a friendship level, and maybe even have sex. And so mm-hmm. you're testing the waters to see if it's a growing interest. Which I think, is that talking to you? Yeah, that's talking. That's, the sex doesn't make it talking to me. Okay. What does it up a notch? Right. The sex takes it up a notch. Like, if you're talking, I'm just trying to see if I'm interested to even try to have sex with you. Like, just like trying to gauge your mental, just see, like, intellectually where you are. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I have sex with you, then we just took it up a notch. Mm. Is that automatically dating? If you have sex, is it automatically, it's maybe not exclusive, but is it automatically dating? And it, um, it does that need to be more communicated. Consistent. You said dating is more consistent? I think dating is more consistent, but like Valerie said, it needs to be communicated for sure. Like, I ain't testing the waters because there could be one night stand. If I'm trying to see what you're working with, that's a one night stand. That's casual. <laughs> I can test it out. Right. If, if you're working with what I want you to be working with that one time and be done with you, and I ain't got to test it no more. Right. To know. Or you got an itch you need to scratch. Hello? <laughs> but, you know, like, but some people can do that. Some people can do it that one time and then we go back to talking mm-hmm. and I don't need to satisfy the itch no more because I know what you're working with. So now let me see what this, what this brain can do. So you like testing the car, so to speak. Yeah. You know, make sure your parts working right. But if I once y'all know your parts working right now, let's make sure your, your mind working right too. So then we can go back to talking. But sometimes when you, testing the parts they're gonna think oh let's tr- try all the parts let's continuously uh-huh. test the parts and then now you find yourself in a situation shift or to some other stuff and now you continuously doing that and you fall into some other things like no 
Mm-mm. And that's mm-hmm. why I don't really play that game. So it's just like, it's going to be a one night stand. I'm going to go on by my business because I don't really need nothing else. I don't want nothing else. So I don't really dip into them waters unless I'm like either going to do this one time thing and keep it pushing or let me just try the mental, see what that's about. And then I'll take that risk. Gotcha. And if it's, if it's cool, then I will continue and we can step it up a notch or I can break it off and keep it pushing. Gotcha. So there's something in between talking and dating is what I'm hearing. That's maybe like a, for me. Yes. Yeah. So is okay. So the dating this meme says we are spending time together doing various activities like movies, bowling, etc. as friends with a mutual interest in each other, but we still are allowed to talk to other people. Yay, nay. But is that communicated though? Like in that before you get to situationship and when you're in the talking and saying, okay, well, we can talk to other people. I mean, cause there's going to be some assumptions if there's no clarity. Mm. Ooh, assumption if there's no clarity. I agree with everything Valerie said. I was shaking my head because you're talking about some ass friends. Ain't no friends. If you feel like <laughs> you ain't no friends. Wait, say that again. What? Before before Valerie said what she said, you were you gave the definition of dating. Right. I agree with everything you said in there besides the friends part. You are not friends if you are trying to get to know each other beyond friends. You ain't no friends. You are interested in getting to know each other beyond friendship. So you are trying to Get to know each other more. Spend more time with each other. You're, you may be dating other people as well, and that's fine. That's explicitly communicated and all of that. Mm-hmm. But you ain't no dang old friends. So how you, do you, you, you just gauging how much do I like this person, how much I want to spend time with this person. You ain't no friend. So what about those people that have – I'm not one of those, but those people that have to have labels. If we're not friends, then what are we? Getting to know each other better. <laughs> 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 you ain't no friend. I ain't finna introduce you to my grandmama as a friend. Now that's a word right there. <laughs> so when it, when it comes to the to the dating stage, how often do you all think that you know like like people actually talk about the whole you know we're dating each other exclusively or we're dating and we dating other people? Like, do y'all feel like that's something that that people normally talk about, or is just kind of? goes without saying i i feel like because my idea of dating will be might be different from what what this other person's idea of dating may be so i think like there's really communication amongst what dating actually is i agree with you i think that people don't communicate exactly what it is they want or what it is that they desire um Mm -hmm. in terms of like oh you know, people say like, oh, you know, I'm just looking for somebody that I can have fun with, you know, go to the movies with, date, right? But does that also mean like, are you dating exclusively or are we dating other people? Mm-hmm. I think once you begin to probably have like conversations around like sex and what does that look like? I think that people have to, you need to establish that quickly. Like I'm, if I'm with you, I'm with you, but I'm only sleeping with you. And then... Or because that's somebody, if that's the case, then you want that person to say, okay, I'm with you and I'm dating and I'm enjoying you, but I'm also sleeping with other people, then you need to know that. But right. people, are, people don't have those conversations anymore. I think, I think they move too far too quickly into like the sex phase, if anything, before anything, trying to get that, that itch scratched. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yes, that itch. That itch. I think that I agree with all of that. I think a part of why people operate that because people are socialized to get chose. Y'all know I love me some international players, Anthony. That's my that's my jam first off. <laughs> but people are socialized to get chose. And because of that, they are afraid of operating in absolutes. So when people are going out on dates or meeting people, shooting a shot or whatever the case may be, they are not being explicit and speaking directly in the absolute to say, this is what I'm looking for. Or they are afraid of answering the question first to say what they're looking for. So they'll keep it vague and say, I'm just trying to have fun. They are afraid to say, I'm looking for a boyfriend. I'm looking for someone to marry or whatever the case may be, because they want the other person. They want to put the onus on the other person so they can change up their response or mm-hmm. filter their response in a way that doesn't scare the other person off. Right. But they got to be bold and say, like, this is what I want. And then give that person the opportunity uh, to respond to that. But the thing is, because we operate in the sense of, I want to get chose, it's kind of like, well, let me say whatever I think will keep that person around. 
So they'll say whatever they think is going to keep them there. When in reality, they may not agree with what that person may want. They may not see eye to eye. They may not truly want to be in a relationship, but because the other person across from them has said that, let me go ahead and make it seem like I want the same thing and let me play house with them. And mm -hmm. now here you go down this mudslide of these issues with this other person when you didn't want the same thing to begin with because y'all weren't speaking the absolute. Y'all weren't being explicit in your communication. And it's like, no, sweetheart, I'm too old for that. I'm going to let you know up front. I like the phase that I'm in or that was I've been coming out of. I'm not looking for anything serious. And men don't like that as a woman. When I say that, I let them know I'm not looking for anything serious. I want to play house. I'm not trying to make any commitments. So I'm letting yeah. you know that up front. Now, if you end up catching feelings for me, that is on you. They feel like women can't think that way. That, that's and so they end up they end up real butt hurt when I'm like, okay, I gotta bounce. Mm -hmm. I got a timer on my phone when it's time for me to roll out, or when I see you make a certain move, like you trying to lock me down. Like, no, I gotta roll out. Like I told you what it was from the beginning. You said you were okay with it. Now your feelings are changing. You reserve the right to change your mind. <laughs> but as a consenting adult in this relationship. Once I realize we're not on the same page anymore, it's time for me to leave this situation. Mm. So, and that's another thing. Some people realize when their minds change, they ain't trying to roll up out that thing. They're trying to stay there and make it work. Mm -hmm. And that ain't how that works. But is it really possible, though, do you think, to be in something and not catch feelings for someone? I mean, I know the idea, like, mentally, I think sometimes we start things and think that it's not going to be something. But sometimes things just happen. I like, am living you, word. Chelsea <laughs> is saying, Valerie, that she is a, a living witness to what you are saying. For the past year and a half, I have been a living witness. I don't. I. Mm -mm. I have. I prayed in 2018, New Year's. I prayed to God. I said, God, keep me single, and He mm. has done exactly that. Mm. <laughs> wow. And then you have. I mean, and but then you also have people who are like. They don't want to be single. You know, I think the question is, how do you get those that those men that don't want to be single around the women who also don't want to be single? It right. seems like we are also barking up a tree. You know what I mean? That is not like they're not trying to hear what you're trying to have. Mm -hmm. Right. And so with all of these apps, it's, it just seems like dating is so different. Yeah. It is so different. And so what people think is dating is actually really not. Then you got people like, I'm, I enjoy being this way. You know, I, I don't know. What, where's that mixer for the ones who do First of all, who going to a mixer? That's number one. Who's right. doing, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. I just, I find that the whole ideology of dating while working in higher ed there's a lot it's complex especially depending on what level you are are you trying to date inside higher education what is your job clearly you can't date nobody you know like and there are rules that are not spoken but they're just assumed that's a good point dating is trash thank you well <laughs> and on that note we'll just end right here <laughs> I, really, like, I think that dating, dating is trash, especially um, in higher ed sometimes when you are dating someone that may not necessarily even know what the field of higher education is, right? When right. you have someone, um, so the guy that I was last dating, right, he he didn't get the fact that, oh, I don't go to work every day, right, or that I don't punch a clock either. He like, he, I was like, what is wrong with you? Why you don't understand how this works? You know? Um, but he also didn't understand, like, just because that I'm here for this short amount of time, I'm not planning on staying here. Right. So you have to either get on board or you got to stay here and be under your mama. And that's fine with me at Ooh, this point. Not being under your mama. Not well, he was. He was a mama's boy. Ooh. I spent Never mind. I'm a, let me not put say what I was gonna say. Okay, <laughs> I'll say that for another day. Um, but yeah, he he didn't get it. And then I had another guy who I was dating in grad school, and he was like, you know, I just I don't want you to get 
caught up with me. Like, I really like you, but I know you're going to be moving. And um, I don't want you to, like, stop your career uh, because of me or, you know, or things like that. And I'm like, well, one, you have to let's see how things happen organically, right? right. And if I'm going to fall in love with you or if I were to fall in love with you and we were to make things serious, then you make adjustments. But it's like also two people out here don't want to make, to me, they don't want to make the adjustment or make the sacrifice to, to feel like what it means to be in a relationship or what right. it look like. Mm-hmm. Cause I'll tell you like this, if I meet a man and he making six figures and it's some good money, honey, I will be geographically bound. <laughs> that minute. Then I got to come back and I want to have some kids. Ah, uh, okay. Here we go. Kids. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> Is it selfish that I don't want kids? No, it's your body. No, it's a personal preference. I, I, when I earlier in my career, I was told by a, a seasoned black woman, we were talking about kids and have kids, and I was like, no, I'm good on it. She was like, that's selfish. That's not her pussy, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. No, seriously. Oh, right. Facts. Well, that's true. It's not. Facts. It's also not and her bank account either. So it's, it's, not her, it's not her uterus. It's not. It's um, not her medical bills. She's not going to have to be the one breastfeeding. She's not going to be the one have to stay up at night and raise them, wash them, mm-hmm. bathe them. Feed them. All of that makes me not really not want. Give them character development. Teach them about moral. Like you, she's not have to do it. She's gonna do any of that. None of that. When they get sick, who got to pick them up from school? Not her. Well, and you know, I think some of that is not her. I think some of that's generational, though. Like Mm -hmm. I think I think the ways that like our parents and grandparents and folks of that of that standpoint talk about it it was really generational and it really was around what the roles and expectations of women were at that time frame but it's not that way anymore and so it very i felt very much it was you know well you have to do this because this is what a role of a woman is and the role of woman is to be there and cook and take care of and be the whatever i'm not interested in that but all of that (laughs) (laughs) that was the expectation yeah. And then you add on, we are educated, <clears throat> working in higher ed, the stress of higher ed, it, it's just a lot. It, it really is. And yeah, my grandparents have been married for 65 years. So um, my grandma doesn't, my grandma doesn't get that. You she like, now nah, you didn't get all this education now. Now I'm ready for you to get married. Okay. Like every other, every other week, she's like, you ain't found no man yet. Like, well, what's wrong with you? I now, said, well, what's, what's wrong with them, grandma? My yeah. grandma tell me she, that I'm mean. Now I just want to say this. <laughs> One of the things that, you know, just in terms of what you're saying, you know, how many years do we as black women get the message don't worry about dating. Don't worry about men. Go to school. Get your education. There'll be plenty of time. And then the minute you're in school for 30 years of your life, now all of a sudden you on uterus watch trying to see I'm going to have some kids and get, you know, when am I going to get married and have kids? You know, so we don't teach balance in a lot of our homes. Oh, no. We actually expect for there to be balance. Listen, I was told that my eggs were probably going to be powder. And that's also sad. Mm. Yeah, they were like, Are, is this ever going to happen for you? Because at this stage, your eggs are probably going to be powder. That is so <laughs> toxic. Why do we talk to each other like that? And, and you know, you could be... All the eggs still feed, baby. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But, but grandparents, my grandmother is 100. And she doesn't, she don't care what she says about anything to anyone. And on several occasions, I just came back from a work trip out of the country. And she asked me, did I bring home a husband? I, I said, actually, granny, no, because I was, I was at work. Like it wasn't, I don't, 
I don't just bring random men home from other countries. (laughs) (laughs) Had you brought him home, then she would have called you probably a whore. Listen, (laughs) I know I raised you better than that. No, like you, I don't. I don't understand what you want me to do. You pray for me to be this virtuous woman. Then if I'm out here home, then you guys, you'd have made me shame. What am I gonna say? But the thing is, if we being real, grandma was Uchiwali too. They was so <laughs> like they do be preaching all this, but they was getting down too. So right. that's probably why they be on that. But at the same time, it's just like. Women of today, our stock, our value, our worth, and our identity is not tied up into being married. Mm. And that's just the facts of the matter. It's like, there's more to life, there's more to us than being connected to another person. And that should be celebrated, number one. And yeah. if, you do, if you do want to be connected to another person, that's absolutely fine, too. Just don't, I, just don't abandon your own self-interest mm. to have another person. Right. That's my only thing, like... It's nothing wrong with one husband. It's nothing wrong with having one and a half kids. But don't abandon your own self-interest to have those things. You are your you're at your best self when you take care of you you first. So like, I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, well, something wrong with me because I don't want to put myself first or I don't want to have these things or have my career or blah blah blah. That's not the case. It's just like you can't pour from an empty cup. Come on. You and pre- I think people miss that a lot. And it's like there's nothing wrong. We're not put on this earth to kind of be alone right we're made to be in community we're made to be in relationship and i think that that's what it is at the core like how do we be in community together how do we be in a relationship together and i think that for me dating doesn't suck i think that there is a level of accountability that we all should take before we begin to try to go out with other people that we're missing and that's what makes it suck. We're not taking that own account our own accountability. So to us, it sucks because we're meeting people who don't take accountability for themselves. So there are people who need to do the work who ain't did the work. Mm-hmm. And they talk about, well, people suck, people suck. Well, yeah, they suck and we suck too and we need to get it together. Right. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, have you had these conversations with yourself about how you respond to things when you don't get your way? Have you had the conversation about what dating looks like to you, what you want and how it, how it looks? No, a lot of people haven't had that conversation. Do you, can you define what dating looks like? Are you okay and comfortable with having that conversation? A lot of people are not. If you asked them at a dinner table right now, if they were out on a date, they probably wouldn't be able to answer that question to you. You know why? Because they haven't thought about it, which right. means you shouldn't be out on a date anyway. You shouldn't be on a dating app anyway, but yet here we are. And here we and are. This podcast. Right. <laughs> so it's like, come on, come on, sis, bro, whatever you're doing, whoever you are, Let's start back at square one. Let's, cause I got notes in my phone. Like we could do some self work before we got back on these apps. or got at these tables across from these other people trying to expect something from them. And we ain't did the work ourselves to figure out what is it I truly want and what is it I truly need and what is it I'm bringing to the table in terms of relationship status. Right. That can make me an eligible candidate and can increase and improve my candidate pool when it comes to data. So, so then what do you think is the value? of dating someone who already kind of gets it whether they are already within our field whether they're in higher ed or if they're same degree level or you don't have to explain why you're 10 o'clock at night and you have to program or do do whatever or your grading papers until whatever like they get it like what's the value of dating someone who gets it or or should you just not because i actually had a conversation with my friend and she was like you know the most boring person to date is somebody who has a PhD too. She's like, I'm not about that. I don't want to have a philosophical discussion about life. Right. I'm not interested. So she has an aversion to dating anybody at her same level. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I never, I, like, I thought about it, but not because I had a guy <clears throat> tell me once that when I get my, my doc that, no man would want me because I'm too up there. Girl. And I have had that. That's trash too. Yeah. That's trash. And toxic masculinity. Right. It uh, yeah. It's very interesting. And the thing for me is <clears throat> I don't I don't I don't want people to think that me having a doctor in front of my name is all that I am. Cause it's not because you know I can still nuck and buck and all that good stuff too. Um, the doctor, the doctor degree is just saying that, you know, 
I got a little bit more education than some people. That's it. But I'm, I'm, st I'm still Kelly Kells, you know, from the country. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I need love too, or whatever. Um, but I think that that's an interesting topic, interesting question, Valerie, in terms of one, the spaces we put ourselves in to find someone to talk to or date. Mm -hmm. And then what about people that us, females, um, black women, that we've had those accountability conversations with ourselves. We have self-awareness, but we, we still single and we want someone, you know, especially mm -hmm. working in higher ed. I think it's about... I think someone who gets it, again, relative and subjective, um, it's all about your calibration. People always talk about balance. Now, I'm a Libra. I'm all about that balance, that harmony, and all of that. But I don't, I don't believe that there's a such thing. I think it's all about calibration. You have to always adjust. Right. Be on your toes and be able to be adaptable to whatever is happening. And I think it's all about how you tell your story. Yeah. How well does this person understand your day-to-day -day with the work that you do? Mm -hmm. And they are, they're never going to understand that if, they don't un if you don't tell your story well enough for them to get it. Come on. If they're never going to be able to be in a space to understand what you do, um, be it them being able to come see it or experience it or whatever and vice versa. You know, so like someone can't understand the day in the life of somebody who works as a resident director if they don't have the experience of living on with you. Right. Or seeing you having to get up in the middle of the night and respond to emergencies or ha listening to you vent about the days that you've had where you've had to talk to someone about a triggering experience mm -hmm. that they just realized something has happened to them or some type of mental health episode. Like they won't get that if you don't talk to them about that. Right. So you want people to get it, but some things take coaching. You want people to try to understand some things, but we have to give the generous assumption that some people just don't know. Some people just don't get it. They, they come from a very uninformed place sometimes because of lack of experience. Right. So it's all about the calibration. Like, how can I help this person learn and understand? Like now, if you'd have been with somebody a year or two and they don't get it yet, it's like, okay, sweetheart, you ain't trying to learn. Right. But after that, it's like, okay, you got to go through that learning phase together and figure it out, like, what is it like? How are we going to make it work? And then be willing to work through that together because obviously there's going to be bumps. Yeah. So it's like, I think that there are pros and cons to it, depending on what area in higher ed you're in mm -hmm. and what type of work or schedule you have with that and that person's willingness to get it and right. then ride the wave with you. It's all about riding the wave or, like, like, I guess when you think about surfing or selling a boat, I, neither I've done, but I imagine <laughs> the way things feel, you know, you can't just sit there and walk on water like Jesus. Like, you got to oh. some type oh. of balancing act with it. <laughs> That's fact. That's real. And I think you said, Chelsea, something about uh, in terms of <clears throat> the role that you have at work. I think that plays a big one because working in housing, it's, it's quite different if you, you know, teaching or if in working in student activities, like those are some really 24, 25, eight positions. Like you, you on call all the time. You always doing something. Uh, and I find it interesting, you know, meeting black women in those spaces and, whether they're dating and even some that are maybe married, like how sway, how, how does that work? Like, you know, I worked in housing and every day it was something. Trust me. The moment I get married is the moment I'm getting out. Okay. <laughs> I pray to get out before then. I pray to get out before then, but the moment I get married, you, you, that is a part of the contract, sweetheart. We getting out. Okay. Ain't no stacking money. None of that. Okay, my money was stacked before this. We getting out. Oh, so, yeah. I've heard that a lot where people are like, I want to get out. My, I don't even know how you would date. It, it just seems like such a task. Where do you, are we coming to my, coming to the residence? It just seems like people who work in residence life, they work a lot. Like, yeah. and it's I even, well, I'm in diversity. and But even in diversity, I just feel like, 
if somebody, if something happens, people are going to call you. They don't care what time of night it is. Right. Yeah. And you better call them back. We have to call them back. Yeah. Weekends, holidays. I mean, it never ended. But I will say, unlike housing, I can go home. I don't want to <laughs> live with them. I don't want to. I don't want to go to church with them. I don't want to go to. <laughs> I had a former supervisor in housing and she was like, they don't know where I live. I was like, honey, they know you in the residence hall. Stop it. She was like, oh, no, no, they don't know where I'm at. They don't know where yeah. I'm at. The people I supervise, yeah, but these folks don't know I'm here. I mean, it's different. It's different. You know, you got to run again, but it's different everywhere. Sometimes it's extreme. Sometimes it's not that bad. I've had I've had a bunch of different experiences, but you know, I know you can't be no free code when you're in housing, so <laughs> probably <laughs> like you can't because you literally you jeopardize the safety of all the people in the building. Like granted, it's not just like you don't wanna like if you wanted to be a free code, you're just it's just you that you gotta think about. Right. But now if you wanted to be a free code, you gotta think about okay, yeah, you putting yourself out there, it's only your risk, but it's like, okay, what if this person is a psychopath? Mm. What if they do want to come and break in and harm me? Okay, well, if they harm me, they know they have access to all these other people as well. Right. So it's just like, yeah, it's just a bunch of stuff. So then you got to be extra precautious and extra selective and all of this stuff. That's a lot. I just want you to know that I don't aspire to be a freak ho, but I still want to be extra cautious extra aware and you can do that but 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 you know what i will say this you will never probably have this same level of safety yeah because you know you have your campus police and depending on how your campus is set up you may have city police as well so hold on but let's let's (laughs) let's let's talk about that safety and let's think about that and not to end on a somber note but look at those those black girls that were at texas a&m the other day and mm-hmm. that makes me wonder, they were in the residence hall. How did that guy get in there and kill them? Right. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't agree with that. I mean, I know it is probably safe, but safe for who? Mm-hmm. About that. Just because I'm wondering how did they, how did he get in there? And if this is a locked building, what's going on? Right. And nobody heard it. Nobody heard anything on that floor during the day. During the, you can't tell me everybody was at class. You class. know they're wrong. Did this recently happen? Monday. Yeah. 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 That that's always <clears throat> that's always something that I, I used to think, but I still do, um, working in housing is how did, and, and a lot of it's like tailgating, you know, people holding mm-hmm. doors for people they don't know and you try to educate students and they don't care until something happens. Right. It's, it's real sad. It really is. And, and they were sisters. They're sisters, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's- well, I believe reported it before it happened. Well, reported him. Wow. Yeah. He, before he it had, happened. Yeah. He had got, he was on bond or something and he went and killed the girl, the ex-girlfriend. Wow. Yeah. But I'm also wondering too, like, how did he know exactly what room? What, what, what is that? I, I, I just, I don't know. There's so many questions, but it's still a, a matter of safety. Yeah. Because I probably would have called public safety if I would have known that he was on campus or something like that to, right. to let them know that somebody was following me. And like, and then you think about situations like this and the nature of the work we do and how connected we are to some students. And then imagine being in a relationship or dating someone and you come back home or you talk and it's just like, I don't, I don't have to give right now. And yeah. then they not understanding that. Like that, because we go through a lot. And then being black women, especially at um, PWIs, where the black students are drawn to us. And so all their issues, they try to, they don't put it on us. No, put it on us is a good, it's a good word. Yeah. It, it, I mean, so they put it on us. They do. And we take it. And then yeah. we kind of have our own lives, dating lives, social lives. And it's, it's a lot. <laughs> I wonder if the black woman experience is just, this is something I I toy with in general. I wonder if the black woman experience is going to be emotional regardless of what, no matter what work we do. Right. 
be it because we are, I feel like black women are, this is my personal opinion. I feel like we're naturally empathetic. Mm -hmm. There's levels to that, but I think we're naturally empathetic people. Um, And I think that we're going to be emotional in a sense that people are going to come to us for comfort. We're going to feel what other people feel. We're going to be able to relate to people. And even if we weren't in positions such as working in higher ed, we would be feeling something from somewhere, you know, even if nobody was inherently just doing things to us, right. We would be feeling something. So I think that in a sense of how do you manage your feelings and things that you're doing and then also being in a relationship with someone else, it's kind of like, how do other women do it who don't work in higher ed? Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I think about. And it's kind of like something that I believe since I was, now I was one of them loud teenagers. I'm, I'm still that same loud ass woman <laughs> with an opinion. I believe that there's no such thing as a 50-50 love and there's uh-huh. no such thing as a 100-100. Come on. What I'm able to give you that day. I'm going to give you all that I can give you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to communicate that to you that this yes. is who I am today. Yes. This is what I can give you today. What can you give me? Let's work with what we can give with, give each other. Right. And understanding that I'm going to consistently try to show up as my best, the best version of myself each and every day. I need to communicate that to you each and every day when I'm down, when I'm up or whatever the case may be. And we're going to try to make that work. And if we notice that I'm consistently down, then there needs to be some counseling and some conversation and some coaching. Right. And if I'm consistently up, let's ride that wave. Yeah. You know, and 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 likewise for you, if I, if we notice that you're consistently down, let's have some counsel, some counseling and coaching. And if you're consistently up, we're gonna ride that way. Like, I should be able to make up where you lack, and vice versa. And we should ride each other's wave. Like, I just don't believe that there's this number one fifty fifty. Don't get, don't half ass me. Come on, period. But number two, I don't think there's a such thing as one hundred one hundred. Like, I don't. That's just like expecting a sunny day every single day. Mm. Yeah, you know that's that's like that's saying it never rains in California or something. Like no, right? Yeah, I agree. I always think about it like today I'm coming with eighty percent, you know, and, and and my partner can come with say, you know, I got a hundred. Well, I only got eighty, so that's what you're working with with me. But we don't communicate those things, right? That's the well, issue. I think that connects to what we talked about last week in terms of vulnerability yeah, and being able to say, you know what, I'm really not at all. I'm, I remember I told a student of mine, um, she was, I was like, you know what, all I can give you right now is 70%. I, 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 I'm spent. I've given all day. And I think I hadn't eaten that day, which is typical, you know, of just pouring into other people. And she's like, well, I don't like, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like, I, I don't like that. Like I need all of you. And I was like, that's selfish. Mm. That's selfish. Cause I'm telling you right now, that's all I can give you. Well, I need you to make an appointment at this point because <laughs> I feel right. like we need different things. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, but I think that this really does have an impact on, you know, relationships because we are constantly helping people yes. at some point. We have to cut off the faucet. And I said, cut it off, not turn it off. Cut it off. Cut. Cut off the faucet and really figure out how, how to, you know, design the life that we want. Right. Versus what somebody imposes on us mm-hmm. or tells us. But, but really, how does that look? Now that we're super educated and or even if we don't pursue other, you know, higher education type stuff. The fact that we work in a very demanding field of higher education, like you, I do believe that, that I can speak for me, that having just a release, somebody to talk to, somebody that understands, like those things are important because this is a lot of work. And, and when I tell you, you face, you know, there are microaggressions, mm. macroaggressions, mm-hmm. uber oppression <laughs> that you face. And higher ed, and it's like I need to be able to go home and be away from that. Right. And it, it's nice to have somebody to talk to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're wrapping up, <clears throat> and in this season, we we want to have like an underlying tone um, about Black women and vulnerability. So 
to our guests. Can you just kind of give us your thought process on being a black woman in this concept of vulnerability? For me, it's something that I am still working on mm -hmm. um, because ways in which where I have thought that I was being vulnerable mm -hmm. have not been being vulnerable. Like I had a um, I had a black girl therapist and I was like, well, I was vulnerable because I told him this and I would be willing to do something. She was like, no, girl, that's not being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like, let's really work this out and like really talk about what does it mean to be vulnerable and how is that going to make you feel? So I would say for me, it's something that I'm constantly working on, but I also think that it's something that I have to find constantly find myself checking, check almost constantly going back and checking myself on it. And I, and I think it has happened more so probably within the last six months of me, um, I would say receiving my doctorate just because I'm like, well, I don't have to do this or I don't have to do that, you know, but kind of step, stepping back and saying, no, that's not being vulnerable. And I, I probably would say in a sense, I'm more vulnerable with my friends, uh, but not necessarily as vulnerable when it comes with like dating or even thinking about my next career move. Right. Got it. I think for me, I spent a lot of time in my head specifically before I talk to people. But I think that we as black women, we have to know the difference between being vulnerable and being transparent. Mm. And I think that we collude the two a lot. Mm -hmm. ah. And I think that being vulnerable, the distinct difference is being vulnerable is uncomfortable. Right. And it's being naked and it's very scary. Yeah. And we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable in that way. And I, th and I think that that's how you know that you're being vulnerable because you are afraid of what will happen next when you mm -hmm. expose yourself in a certain way. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to, the more that you become okay with that, the easier it is to be vulnerable. Um, but before you, bec you can become vulnerable, you have to kind of reconcile some truth truths within yourself. And realize why you do a lot of the things you do. So something that I had to understand about myself is that and when I understood about myself, I kind of understood it about other people, which allowed me to forgive people for things mm -hmm. and allowed me to see people in a different light. So once I realized that it was two things, once I realized that the pain associated with changing sometimes is greater than the pain associated with maintaining the status quo, I understood why people don't make change sometimes. Right. That's why they stay in some of the situations that they're in. So I couldn't hold them to certain things and get upset with them when they didn't make a certain change. That was one thing. The other thing that I realized is that many people do things to either protect themselves, to um, move up in a certain situation or progress in a certain situation, or to try to get love or and acceptance. So once I also understood that, I was like, okay, this isn't about me. Your actions, your behaviors, your thoughts, and the things that you did, or the way that you responded or whatever, that's not about me. So I don't take it personal. I don't hold it against you. I don't have any ill feelings in this situation. And once I was able to understand that, it was kind of like, you know what? I can still speak my truth, and I can be honest with you, because my response is not from a, a hurtful place. Right. And I don't feel any type of way about what is going to happen once I say the things that I'm going to say in response to what you've done mm -hmm. or how I feel about it. So yeah. it, takes, it takes a lot of work and a lot of digging within ourselves to begin to be vulnerable with other people. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's still a foreign space at times, you know. Yeah. It, it is because you know sometimes you don't like to be naked in front of folks <laughs> um but that's what it is mm. but i think it's trust though right like it's it's just feeling that that in laying that guard down and being vulnerable that you can trust that that person isn't going to use that against you yeah and if they do that's okay. to be safe because they could they could 
but that does, it, it, but it says nothing about you if they do. True. Mm-hmm. True. This has been uh, a great conversation, great topic. I've enjoyed myself. Um, I think I've laughed more today than I've probably laughed in a long time. <laughs> so, but it was real, and, and that's that's the key. These conversations are real. Um, we we are just speaking our truth in in the manner in which we are, and so I appreciate y'all so much. Uh, I really do. I took away. Free coach. <laughs> uh, dating is trash. <laughs> when you get that itch. <laughs> so I've taken away a lot of good stuff. Uh, <laughs> but any, like, as we close, any last comments that you want to say about dating in higher ed, being a black woman in a higher ed, or just encouragement to black women in higher ed? I would say as much as I say like, oh, dating is trash, I'm going to continue to do it (laughs) until I get, until, until I'm, you know, I kiss enough toes that one day my prince will show up, you know, (laughs) or that he's right here. Um, But to stay encouraged, if, you know, if there's something that you desire to do it, I know it's difficult. Um, but one thing we didn't talk about is maybe even what does it mean to like date outside of our race? Mm, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah. Ooh, that, that's a topic in itself. Now. I just started trying that. Mm. That might be a part two, maybe. I was about to say part, part two, honey. Part two. Yes. Right. Mm, okay. Okay. <laughs> we can do a part two. We can do a part two. I'm down for that now. I think that something that I was saying, I had to pull up my notes in my phone because, you know, I'm always making notes. <laughs> I think that something that I would say in relation to dating is <clears throat> um, think about what three things you need in a partnership hmm. and let that lead you when you are dating. Um, and then another thing is consider what friendship means to you. Mm-hmm. because at the end of the day you're going to fall in and out of love with this person that you end up with but you're going to always have to be a friend with this person mm-hmm. so you got to understand what does friendship mean to me evaluate the friendships that you currently have be it with same sex opposite sex or um you know gender neutral or whatever like what do your current friendships look like? Because your friendship should be a reflection of the person that you're dating anyway, how you all get along with each other. Wow. So mm. that's something that I would say should be in the forefront of people's mind when they begin to date. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm, I never thought about that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, also, are there any books that are speaking to you right now? Or because, you know, we have a good reads list um, as well as, as, you know, is there are there songs that you're listening to that are like speaking to your spirit? All of all of the above. I've started listening to another podcast, too. They may be helpful. It's called The Happiness Lab. Um, <laughs> and it was by this professor. It started off as this professor from Yale doing his study on like what actually is happiness. And so uh, I've probably been listening to it going on two weeks, okay. um, but it really has been enlightening and really uh, allowing me to kind of think about like what actually makes me happy mm-hmm. and what do I desire to make it happy. So uh, it's really interesting. And she, you know, it started off as a class when you're in higher education. I know it's not a book, but um, right. it's pretty, it's, um, it's, it's really good. And what was the name of it again? The Happiness Lab. So, I have no songs, but I am an affirmations person. Mm-hmm. And because I was looking through my Libby app at first, I'm like, okay, let me see. Because, you know, I ain't read nothing since January, even though, you know, we just in February. But I ain't read nothing since January. <laughs> um, but this thing that I listen to, it's a mix of people. So, once you find them, they don't have a lot on uh, Spotify. I have so many different things, but I have a morning empowerment playlist that I listen to. Mm. And the first person I listen to, her name is Tony Jones. 
she does empowerment. Um, so she has affirmations for the grown ass woman mm. that I absolutely love. And they're very comprehensive. I just say them out loud all the time. She has some for work ethics. She has some for the, um, I, I guess I will say female anatomy. Um, she has some for owning your business. There's also Tracy G. That's T-R-A-C-Y. And then there's another young lady. Her name is, I want to say it's Z. It's spelled Z-I-I. And then there is a person, a young man named Londrell. He has a song called Black Girl Magic. Now, that I've listened to that like 6 a.m. when I be at the bus stop trying to go to the gym. Okay. He knows we still be dark outside. I got to get in the mood. <laughs> Let me tell you. All that stuff, if y'all want a link, I will send it to y'all because I got a morning affirmation playlist. Mm -hmm. That's what I be listening to to get my, get my mind right. So, yeah. Those are all the things that I listen to. Just okay. in general. Nothing about dating and Cause I was just not in the space today. I'm in a new. I'm in a new wave now. I'm on the wave now. But you know, that's real. That's real. So I want to thank you all for um, joining us and talking about this crazy topic of dating chronicles and Harriet um, co-host. Y'all got anything else to add? This was awesome. This, this was, was great. Yeah. And I want to do part two. I mean, I'm, I was, I hadn't thought about the interracial piece. I want to do that now. There's a few things that uh, we did not get to broke. My hashtag for 2020 is more life. Mm -hmm. I mean, so my work-life balance includes a lot of life. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm one of them people. I don't be doing like, oh, sacrifice for work. We got to do all this. We locked down for the weekend, blackout dates. I don't do that. But for real, and that's why I, I made the schedule. I'm like, look, we need volunteers. Y'all not finna tire me out. I'm young. I'm single. And I'm cute. So I'm going to be in these streets. Young, single, and I'm cute. And I'm going to be in these streets. Period. This needs to be the tagline. Young, single, cute, in these streets. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. No, but for real, like, I told them that, like, higher ed, we have this problem of feeling like, especially with live-on professionals, but mm -hmm. in general with entry-level professionals, we think that mm -hmm. we need to work as much as possible and use up everybody's time. That's not the case, yeah. sweetheart. Mm -hmm. Like, we always preach work-life balance, but we don't allow people to have the life. Mm -hmm. My work-life balance includes a lot of life. I need hashtag more life. Y'all are not about to take up my time when we got major things happening in a major city. Y'all are not- so Listen, and you know, when they talk about work-life balance, that often is just so that you can put back into the place where you're working. And I'm not about to do it. And I'm not about to do it. I'm sorry, but again, more life. I, I value my social life more than my work life. I perform in my work life within the hours that I'm expected to work. And for the hours that I'm not at work, I'm going to enjoy and put as much time into that as I put into my work life. So I appreciate y'all coming on to the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Y'all have been my week. I had a hard week. So I, I, I've been looking forward to this all week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Black Women Voices. We hope you enjoyed the discussion on dating and higher ed. We want to engage with you further on this topic, so please be sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.